0: yankees files podcast we are back i'm will harris you're alec whipple who just moved into law school and the rest of you are i think i can say now truly fans of a team in free fall um i think there are still reasons to believe in this team and i'm still very confident about how they're how they'll perform when uh You know, they get guys healthy. They're not going to continue to struggle to score runs the way they have uh, in the last few games uh, forever. But, man, this has been disappointing this last couple of weeks, Whipple. I There's there's no way to sugarcoat it. Uh, This team's been terrible. And thankfully, like, the Rays, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays have been bad at the same time. So, uh, you know, they're still very close to having you know, not only have they maintained a significant division lead, but they're still very close to having the best record in the AL. But my gosh, they've been awful.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been a slide. And one of the highlights of the early season Yankees was the fact that they weren't going into slides. They were bouncing back from tough losses. They are racking up winning streaks. They were having slight flips, but they weren't turning them into weeks long stretches of terrible play which is exactly what we've seen here I think this road trip has been the unquestionable low point of the season and we've seen just this week alone I mean we saw an extra innings game in which the Yankees ran themselves out of a win we saw two late inning uh, blown saves by the bullpen and um, you know those were blown save opportunities because of the offense and even in the games that they've won, um, there have been moments, you know, they there haven't been laughers. I, I think Monday's win was the only one that you'd consider a laugher and that was only a four run game. Mm-hmm. I mean, early in the season that was probably the average margin of victory for the Yankees. And it's tough. It's it's a continuation of what we talked about last week where they were finding ways to lose and when one aspect of the game was going well, the other one was going poorly. They you know, they're losing one nothing games. They're getting they're losing blowout games. They're they're just losing in all types of ways. And I think there are reasons to be encouraged. And the number one reason in my mind is what you said. They still have, you know, a 10-game division lead um, recording at the end of the Sunday night baseball game. So the Yankees could come back and surprise us. But the worst case they're going to enter Monday with is that 10-game lead because the Blue Jays lost again today. And they're lucky. I mean, there's not nothing that they've done. And that's kind of that sucks when the highlight of the last few weeks is the poor play of other teams. Um, So yeah, like, like you said, I agree with you. I think there's reasons to be optimistic. There always are. And especially when your team has a 10 game lead, um, you know, there's, let's not put the panic button out, but I, you know, I don't like where this is trending and there's a series against Tampa and Toronto this week. And those big leads can go away very quickly. So definitely reasons to be concerned in the big picture, but I would say, you know, we we could be in a situation in a week's time where things are a lot more dire. Uh, The Yankees got off to a great start. It was the same team, mostly the same players. They built up the luxury, as we said back then, of not caring as much about the outcome of the games in the later months of the summer. But it's... You know, they, they still have to play games through September into October. Then they're going to have to field the team in October that's going to have to win them a championship. And right now, I just don't feel like this team has, you know, they, it doesn't seem like they've turned the on switch. And, yeah, they haven't had to, but they're going to have to at some point. And it's it's tr- troubling to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I do want to push back against what I think could amount to overreactions um like you know the 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 Yankees have in the last week or so uh put themselves in the position to win a lot of games um you know in the sixth inning of the second game at home against the Mariners on August 2nd uh, despite a bad start from Tyone, the Yankees tied the game at six. They then lost that game eight six. Garrett Cole gets shelled the next day. Um, the St. Louis series, you know, we talked about it a little bit. A lot of it was very bad, but the first game, Clay Holmes blows it. Like Yankees should not have lost that game. Uh then you lose a game one nothing. You should never lose a game one nothing. All you have to do is score more than one run which you should always do then you score nine runs and lose you should never score nine runs and lose uh then you go to Seattle you win the first game you lose a game one nothing thanks to Isaiah Kiner-Falefa there was no excuse to lose that one nothing 13 inning game uh and then you lose a game 4-3 uh on another blown save then you lose a game 3-2 in a walk-off on another blown save then you win a game three, two. And now, you know, if things hold as they're going tonight, the Yankees are going to allow three runs or fewer and, uh, and lose a game again. So like, if we look at the last few losses, you know, today, three runs, probably going to lose, uh, Friday, three runs allowed lost Wednesday, uh, Four runs allowed, blown save, lost. Tuesday, one run allowed, lost. You know, last Saturday, one run allowed, lost. Um, This team still has a run differential better than plus 200. Uh, And we know that the true talent level of their offense isn't, you know, scoring fewer than three runs in all but two of their last, like, ten games. Or three runs or fewer. It's It's just not what they do. And, um, you know, there have been some disappointing performances, but, like, we've seen what it's like to have relievers that you don't trust at playoff time. And I'd rather not trust Clay Holmes on August 14th if it means I can trust him on October 14th. Uh, And, you know, I'd rather... uh, I'd rather, you know, Glaber Torres slump in August than slump in October. And I would rather Giancarlo Stanton be hurt in August than hurt in October. Ditto Matt Carpenter. Ditto Harrison Bader. Um, You know, I think it's really important that we maintain some perspective here. This is a really good team. You don't get to 30 games above 500 by accident. And uh, at any point, they're liable to rip off a bunch of wins. And I think probably will. Like, in the same way that they were never a 120-win team, Uh, you know, the pace they played at for a while, they are not a, you know, 45-win team, which is the place, pace that they've been playing at for a little bit. Um, And I think it's important that we keep that perspective. There's a lot that's gone wrong. Jonathan Lawizaga hasn't been as good as he should be. Clay Holmes has been abysmal. Um, You know, Aaron Hicks, even though he by some measure since June, has been a better player than Andrew Benintendi, has been terrible. Anthony Rizzo hasn't been good since coming back from being hurt. Giancarlo Stanton's been gone. Carpenter got hurt. Uh, uh, you know, Frankie Montas had an awful first start as a Yankee. Garrett Cole had you know some terrible starts mixed in. Um, this team is still a lot better than it's been playing uh, in spite of all that. And as far as I'm concerned, this is the best time for those struggles to be happening.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I 100 percent agree that I don't put too much stock into results that are happening in you know August when they have a 10 game lead that refuses to be chipped away at. And, you know, that's it's again, that's not because of anything they've done. That's just because of who they're playing and sorry, who the Blue Jays are playing, who they're, the Orioles are playing, who the Rays are playing um, where I guess I kind of differ from you is that. I feel like so much went right for them in the first half and the things that are going wrong aren't necessarily guaranteed to go right. Um, Not that I think that everybody is going to be this bad, but think about, you know, Judge and DJ LeMahieu playing, specifically Judge playing out of his mind. You know, Nestor Cortez pitching very well. You know, them losing winnable starts by him. Even Garrett Cole, you know, he's mixing in bad starts, but he's had really good starts that the Yankees have lost. Like, stuff has gone right, and specifically on the pitching side. I'd say the pitching... And Aaron Judge have been really good. And that's not enough to prop up a team. But it also, you know, is concerning that there, you know, there are definitely holes on this team that when the depth goes away, when the Glaber Torres don't play well and the Stantons are hurt, that the depth is exposed. And while I would like to think that, you know, Glaber's gonna be ready to hit in the playoffs and Stanton's gonna come back. The reality is that you know, teams almost never enter the postseason with a full healthy lineup and rotation and team. And I just feel like the Yankees, when the best case scenario isn't, isn't real, being realized, isn't happening, they don't always have the depth, um, specifically on the offensive side, because I think they do have a lot of pitching depth to cover up those holes. Um, slash, maybe they do have the depth and they're just not using the depth and they continue to roll out guys who shouldn't be playing. So I am, you know, again, not concerned that these losses are happening. Obviously, they're not going to win 114 games. They'll probably win over 100 games, maybe not not that much more, but it doesn't really matter the raw total. It matters where they finish relative to everyone else. Um, I'm just concerned about these holes that don't seem like, you know, it doesn't seem like Josh Donaldson is going to automatically hit again and be a cleanup hitter come playoff time. But, you know, there's a reality in which he's hitting very high in the lineup and getting significant playoff at-bats. And I don't know what the Yankees are going to do if, you know, Stanton isn't, healthy for a playoff game these players are going to get exposed again and we're going to run into the same issues like you said it's not really a pitching issue the pitching issue is because the offense isn't hitting and this definitely goes back to a lot of the issues they had last year where it seemed like the pitchers were blowing close games but it really was because the offense wasn't doing their part and you know that's kind of where we are right now and i hope it's not where we are in a few months um and i don't think it's where we're going to be but we're kind of seeing the worst possible timeline if we saw the best possible timeline for the first three months. And I, I think the Yankees, the urgency isn't there right now, but I, you know, this could be closer to a reality than we'd like come playoff time. Um, So give me that
0: Whipple. I, I have to stop you. I have to, I tried to listen respectfully and, and I just, I, I could not do it. You completely went off the rails there. Whipple, the lineup that the Yankees ran out tonight. Tell me who's uh, going to be different is... come
1: playoff time, other than Stanton Whipple, being in Whipple. the lineup. I'm the just lineup, saying. The lineup,
0: the lineup that the Yankees ran out tonight was Andrew Benintendi, Judge, Donaldson, Rizzo, Torres, and Duhar, I.K.F. Higashioka, Lo Castro. So let's let's talk about a playoff lineup. Am I allowed to assume Giancarlo Stanton is going to be in? Yes. Okay, am I allowed to assume Matt Carpenter is going to be yes. in it? Okay, am I allowed to assume Harrison Bader is going to be in
1: it? I, I can't assume that because he hasn't played. I'm, okay,
0: but I'm allowed to assume Giancarlo Stanton and Matt Carpenter? Yes. Okay, so that means you would take Lo Castro and Duhar, and obviously DJ LeMayhew would be in that lineup. So you would take out Lo Castro and Duhar, uh, Higashioka... And potentially Donaldson, and you'd replace the and and you'd replace them with Stanton, Lemayhew, Carpenter, and uh, Trevino. I I think that's a pretty meaningfully different lineup than what we saw today, and I think it would produce in pretty different ways. I also think the Yankees if they so choose, will have the luxury to choose if they want to play Josh Donaldson or not and to choose if they'd like to play Andrew Benintendi or Harrison Bader or Aaron Hicks, depending on how they structure the outfield. They at least won't have to play all three of them. Um, I think Anthony Rizzo, you know, this is, this is a, a great case study, right? Anthony Rizzo has been bad since, uh, since coming back from getting hurt. Is Anthony Rizzo the guy he has been um, for the last few days? Or is he the guy that he was for the entire season? Because I would wager that he's not the guy who has you know, one hit in his last 16 plate appearances and a lot more like the guy he was for the entire season. I would wager that Gleber Torres playing to a 115 or 120 WRC plus is a super normal outcome for someone hitting the ball the way Gleber Torres is. You know, he had a 108 mile an hour, 370 foot line out earlier in this game. It's not an accident that he hit as well as he hit. Aaron Judge, all of his peripherals say he should be doing better than he's even doing. I mean, I understand that your you know, I understand your narrative around the idea that the Yankees had to come down to Earth um as Andrew Benintendi strikes out again because he's not a good baseball player. I understand your narrative around the idea that the Yankees had to come back to Earth because no team can be as good as they were for the first part of this season. And that is true. But the idea that they would come back to Earth and then continue to play at this you know, anemic or a play in this anemic way is ridiculous. And you know, it's ridiculous. No. So Aaron let me judge. Let me. No, 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 no. The Yankees are going to hit the majority of guys in the lineup tonight will not be in a playoff lineup. This team is going to score runs because Anthony Rizzo and Glaber Torres will get more than like two hits in 30 at bats, which is basically what they've produced recently. Of course this team was going to regress, but part of regression is finding your level. And sometimes you find your level with streaks and slumps. And this is an awful good time for them to be slumping. But the notion that they would look anything like the way they've looked tonight, either from a production standpoint or from a lineup composition standpoint in October is ridiculous.
1: So let me say that I'm not saying that the Yankees are going to continue playing like this for the whole year. I think this is much worse than they're playing. And yes, I think there is some finding your level, but I also don't think that this had to happen. I think finding your level means playing, you know, if they're a true 95 win team and they're on 114 win place, playing like a 95 win team for the rest of the year, is finding your level. This is... I think the problem, you know, what what I'm saying is that you're assuming that everybody you know, the guy who has the foot fracture, the guy who has the uh, the t- tendonitis. The guy who is coming.
0: Giancarlo Stanton is playing rehab games this week. Okay, you can't lump him in with Matt Carpenter, who had to Fair. get surgery. Which
1: is okay. I think Stanton will be back. But what if you know you wake up and Rizzo has back tightness in the playoffs? You know, what if somebody else gets injured? I I understand the best case scenario, but one, I think you can't always plan for the best case scenario, and two, the Yankees are running out guys. Higashiyoka hey, is going to play in the playoffs. IKF is going to play in the playoffs. I would I mean
0: You don't play day games after night games in the playoffs and you get off days every two or three games. How much is Kyle Higashioka gonna play?
1: I mean, I think he'll play every third game. And I think that Glaber Torres
0: So Kyle Higashioka is gonna play once in the ALDS, but you're telling me I need to worry a ton about that. But
1: I think no, I'm saying that Kyle Higashioka might not be the— Like, it's not Kyle Higashioka I'm specifically talking about. I'm talking about the fact— Who are you talking about? I'm talking about Josh Donaldson. I'm talking about IKF. Josh
0: Donaldson doesn't necessarily play in the playoffs. IKF probably does, but it's not like the organization doesn't have depth that they could replace him with. Like, I understand that they probably won't, but— There's a very clear path to IKF being the worst hitter in any playoff lineup the Yankees put out. And while I wouldn't be happy about it because it's not their best possible lineup, that's super survivable.
1: Okay, I agree. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. I don't think they're going to be able to run out the optimal lineup, and I would love it if it happens. But I think there is a reality in which they're playing guys in the playoffs who have consistently played all year. And I think that, yes, I don't think it's going to look anything like tonight's lineup because tonight's lineup is the definition of a punt lineup. But you have to admit there are running out guys who are consistently playing mediocre to below average baseball. And even at their best, they're running out a lineup that has holes in it. And yes, the best case scenario lineup might be the one that you're describing. But I would I would bet money that that's the, not the one we're going to see on game one of the playoffs. You don't know what's going to happen.
0: Okay, who are you? Who are you? Matt, who, who are you to pencil worried and, about? See- I, okay, who, Mac, Matt- who are you worried about seeing in game? one Let's put aside Matt Carpenter. Maybe he doesn't ever come back. Who are you worried about seeing in game one of the ALDS in the Yankees lineup?
1: Josh Donaldson, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and Aaron Hicks.
0: Okay. So I think it's pretty evident if Harrison Bader is healthy, that the Yankees have no interest in playing Aaron Hicks. Um, but... So you're if relying on a in guy the... in a
1: boot to come back and play. I mean, you know, this is... No,
0: I and but I, I was not done. What I was going to finish that by saying is Aaron Hicks has been a better player by value, by war, than Andrew Benintendi, who would be playing instead of him uh, for the last couple of months. So, like, you know... By by that standard, I think you should be concerned about Andrew Benintendi playing. But yeah, okay. So one of the outfield positions might be bad. Shortstop will probably be bad. And I understand being concerned about Josh Donaldson, but how do you propose getting Anthony Rizzo, Glaber Torres, DJ LeMahieu, Giancarlo Stanton all in the same lineup? Like Josh Donaldson is the odd man out still, even if you don't put Stanton in the outfield, isn't he?
1: So if you're playing, D- yeah, if you're playing DJ LeMahieu at third, Glaber Torres at second, and you don't play Stanton in the outfield, yeah, I guess then you're benching Donaldson. So maybe, maybe it's just my my uh, inability to see that particular line of construction. But I still think the fact that he's batting third, playing third base, there's going to be more times than not where he's not where he's going to be in the lineup. Maybe it's but just he's me only overreacting. Been
0: doing that, he's only been doing that in the absence of. Anthony Rizzo, Matt Carpenter, and Giancarlo Stanton concurrently, and then a punt lineup tonight that didn't include DJ LeMahieu. Like, I think it's important that we have some perspective. If, let's say, Aaron Hicks and Isaiah Kainer-Falefa both play game one of the ALDS for the Yankees, that's not actually a huge problem. Like, I don't want to see IKF. I'm actually kind of bullish on... Hicks' on base tool in the playoffs and his defense as a left fielder. But, like, and the Yankees just lost 3 0 to the Red Sox. So that's another loss where they gave up three runs or fewer, which is really disappointing and reeks of 2021. But, like, Whipple, we're talking about a lineup that goes LeMahieu, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, what? Torres. Benintendi, Trevino, Hicks, or Bader, IKF, in the playoffs, like, I feel like you're probably pretty happy with that.
1: No, it's a, it's a good lineup. I just think there are reasons to be concerned by the consistent holes they're running out there, and I think, yeah, like, Labor is slumping just... in a very concerning way and i understand he's going to hit better but he had you can't deny he has been really bad in the second half in a way that's past just being average or mediocre there's concerns that's all i'm saying there are reasons to be concerned like, i'm not are those... saying that the sky is falling but the reasons to be concerned
0: i i understand that there are reasons to be concerned and that glaber has been bad uh since the all-star break i think what i'm not grasping from you is um you know what uh are there are there guys in the lineup who were good in the first half who you think are doomed to be bad in the second half like that's what I think I'm not getting like yeah Glaber is slumping Glaber was really good in the first half but like we can probably find a sample of like 60 plate appearances in the first half of the season where he wasn't very good because sometimes that happens to baseball players. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, I I, I just think that, uh, that it's tough to see what, you know, you you see someone put up an all-star caliber first half of the season and then they slump out of the gate in the second half and it's like oh well probably never going to be good again like that's i don't i don't think that's a legitimate conclusion right. to reach no I- like sometimes guys are really good sometimes they slump
1: right no and i agree with you i mean i think labor is going to improve from here but it's just concerning you know his approach in the second half has been not as good as the first half it's been pretty bad i think that there are there's, re- yeah, so all I'm saying is that there are reasons that I'm concerned that I'm not entirely sure are going to be alleviated. There is the scenario that, you you know, we 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 would love to happen where everybody is back and healthy, and I think that, you know, Stanton is on his way back, like you said, and the Yankees can run out a good lineup without Matt Carpenter, but this offense just seems to go a little too quiet at inopportune times, and i don't think that carries over to the pitching staff. Like I think the pitching staff by and large has been pretty consistent outside of some blips with the starting rotation, but the offense has stretches where it doesn't seem like they're going to score. And again, it's fine. They're, they don't have to win these games, but just, just concerned. I'm just, I'm just, you know, a little concerned that there are things that will carry over.
0: Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I'm just not sure I buy it. Like why is, why is this why is the way that they're playing for the past little while any more likely to be the way that they are in the playoffs than the way that they were for the first part of the season? Like that's that's what I'm not understanding. Right. Like Glaber Torres and Anthony Rizzo, uh, and Andrew Benintendi and um, you know, Josh Donaldson are all slumping at the same time why is that more likely than them all being exactly at their season level of production at the same time like that's that's what i'm not getting and i i think that's probably why i'm just less worried than you like i i am i'm disappointed in the way the yankees have played but i'm not concerned like i i don't think do it, to To say that this recent stretch has exposed some fatal flaw in this team, and that you know now teams know exactly how to beat them, like I just don't know if I can buy that because like the, the way the that would tell you that the way to beat the Yankees is to um like get to Clay Holmes and put the ball in his hand with a lead and then try to come back against him. Like if that's what teams want to do against the Yankees in the playoffs, you know, go with God. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I would, I would love for that to be their strategy. the The strategy to beat the Yankees is the same as the strategy to beat any other team. It's make sure they don't score a bunch of runs. And recently, teams have been pretty good at keeping the Yankees from scoring a bunch of runs. But when I say recently, I don't even mean all that recently. Like, from July twenty ninth to August second, it's August fourteenth as we as we do this. The Yankees, uh went on a run where they scored 11, 8, 6, 7, and 6 runs. Um, and, of course, only went 3-3 three and three in that stretch. Uh, they then, in, you know, their next, what, August 3rd to August 14th, scored, like, very few runs pretty often, but they also scored nine runs in back-to-back games in that span. Like, it, I, I just feel like we're really... Splitting hairs here of like, oh, well, if you butter knife it this way, then these teams are really good at keeping the Yankees from scoring runs. Like, no, the Yankees just lost some winnable games recently, and their offense slumped at a time when multiple guys who were very productive hitters for them for much of the season were gone. And Stanton's going to play rehab games this week. Rizzo's back in the lineup, and I'm confident he's going to figure it out. And they have depth to make a move in the infield if they want to. Like, I just, I'm not buying that a disappointing performance needs to be a concerning performance.
1: Yeah, I think it's more expectations and that this team was slump-proof, which is probably where a lot of my concern comes from. Like, it did seem like nothing could beat them in the first three months. And, you know, welcome to baseball. Like, everybody can be beaten. Um, You know, combined with everything that happened last year, I, I, I guess it felt like they had turned a corner, which it was probably a little bit optimistic. So it's not that I think that they're they're doomed or that this is the indicative of some great weakness. I think the answer is that they have. An ability to be an extremely good team and they're going to end up with record and statistics that show as such but they also have like every baseball team an ability to slump and you know they're going if they play like this in October they're not going to win the World Series and the odds are that they're not going to play like this in October so I think it's all expectations it's really tough to reconcile that just based on how they started Um, but yeah everything you're saying makes sense I still am concerned that there are holes in this team that you know, can be exposed pretty quickly or haven't been addressed. And those could come back to bite them in October, but there's no more reason to think that than there is a reason to think, you know, any other thing. It's just, it's a, it's a possible reality that I guess we're seeing play out in front of us and better to have it happen now than to have it happen in two months.
0: Yeah. I mean, you don't get to 72 and 43 with a, Plus two hundred one run differential by accident, and um, you know, uh, what like a ten game lead in the division, like it just, it doesn't happen by accident. Um, so,
1: right, and they're not getting blown out by teams. I mean, no, they're not the getting blown out at, at all. Right, like, back on,
0: <laughs> they're not getting blown out ever. Right. Um. Right. They have
1: their winnable games that they were winning in the first half that they're not winning now. And that's just like the law of averages. Yeah, they
0: were, they, and look, they, you know, played unsustainably well in one score or, you know, one run games uh, in the first half. And they recently won their first one run game in like over a month. Um, they, you know, played just ridiculous baseball in the first half and they had to come back down to earth and they have, but I still think this is like a 105 win team. So, you know, they're 115 games in, they have 47 left. I think they're going to play quite well in their last 47 games, and I don't think that's, you know, anything ridiculous. Are they going to win 33 of them? Maybe. And it wouldn't surprise anyone.
1: Right. No, you're right. And, you know, that's, there's reasons to be concerned about every baseball team, even the Dodgers, you know, the the Mets, the Astros, you know, they're, they've they all had really good stretches and really bad stretches. And we just don't ever see the bad stretches as much because we're not focused on, you know, we're focused on the Yankees Um, and the Yankees have bunched their bad stretches together and they bunched their good stretches together. So they seem even better and even worse. Um, it's 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 frustrating. But at the end of the day, you know, you can't argue with a 10 game lead and that's not being naive or it's not, you know, not caring about the games. That's just the the luxury of what they built from themselves for us to have a conversation like this where one of us can be concerned and one of us can be more calm. But really, at the end of the day, like I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I'm going to get off this podcast and I'm not going to worry about the division because a 10 game lead is a 10 game lead. And that doesn't really matter how they play tomorrow, today, yesterday, you know if it 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 could get worse but right now it's still a 10 game lead
0: yeah and that is kind of the the root of why i'm just not willing to freak out all that much yeah um this is
1: this has been an emotional roller coaster for me so you know i'm I'm working through this in real time and
0: i'm i'm proud of you i think it's i think (laughs) it's it's healthy and what you're doing here is really good um Anyway, Whipple, uh, this is a very special episode of Yankees Files because we got our white whale. Um, You know, one difference between your dad and my dad is uh, my dad always wants to come on the podcast and your dad never wants to come on the podcast. And as a result, you know, I was very happy that my dad joined us uh, a couple podcasts ago, but it was not surprising. Um... Recently, though, I was informed that you had, uh, you had cornered Doug Whipple and forced him into an interview, and I'm very excited for our listeners to hear the latest uh, dad take or bad take that you recorded this weekend uh, as Doc was down to uh, move you into law school.
1: Yeah, like you said, uh, you know, we, we we bagged him, we got him, ladies and gentlemen. Doug Doug Whipple, <laughs> my dad. Um, he he is notorious for not wanting to come on the pod, but then coming on the pod and having a great time and asking to do it again afterwards. He's two for two in that category. But yeah, it was it was really fun. Uh, we, we had a, a nice little chat before we headed out to the Nationals Padres game. We talked about Yankees Red Sox. We talked about Aaron Judge. We talked about spring training. He even tried to throw in some Garrett Cole slander, which let me tell you, I was not here for. Uh, I had to push back on that one. Um, But yeah, my dad is lifelong and like by lifelong I mean not lifelong <laughs> not a lifelong fan of the Yankees like <laughs> if if life starts when you start no. medical school in the Bronx then he's a, a lifelong <laughs> fan of the Yankees uh but he has the passion and the the fervor and the desire to see the Yankees win that a lot of people can't match um and so it's always good to chat with him we we went down you know as many people know we went to just been training this year we were at Yankees Red Sox a few weeks ago so we chat about all those things um I would say, but just to preface it, you know, I think your dad is—he's—he's he's very analytical. He has a lot of opinions and thoughts about, you know, the state of the game and just like what the Yankees need to do to improve. Doug Whipple—he's a vibes guy. He is—he's here for the feeling <laughs> around the team. He's here for the memories. He's here for the moments. Um, he's just—he's here for the vibes. And I hope you all enjoy listening to this. I had a great time recording it and. Yeah, we'll get him back on sooner rather than later, but it might involve me cornering him again, physically holding a mic in front of him until he has no other choice but to record. Uh, but like I said, he asked to come back on. He had a great time, and yeah, you know, it's always that's always what happens with him.
0: All right. So without further ado, let's get into the latest installment of Dad Take or Bad Take.
1: And we're back with the latest edition of. Dad take or bad take, we were lucky enough to have Mr. Harris on two weeks ago to talk all things Yankees baseball, and now we're joined by a very special guest, my dad, Doug Whipple. How are you doing, Dad?
2: Hi, Alec. Thanks for having me back on your show.
1: Great to have you back. So, I was saying, the last time we were on, we had just come from Yankee Stadium. We saw Yankees twins. It was in the middle of the 13-game win streak from last year. Garrett Cole pitched. Things were going great for the Yankees. And as we all know, that was probably the high point of their season. Things did not end up great. Well, it's 2022, and we've seen some more baseball games together. So I just want to start from the beginning, because we were there from the very beginning. It was March. The lockout had just ended. And immediately, we knew the first thing we had to do was get down to Tampa to see spring training. And we saw spring training. We saw three great games together. And I just wanted to hear, you know, your thoughts on that experience, what you love about spring training, I know we talked about it last year, um, and if you thought the team we saw in Tampa was going to be as good as the team that we're here watching on August uh, 11th.
2: Okay, let's start with Tampa. I was very disappointed with the the players that were put out on the field and very skeptical of the the performance, uh, the what was expected. I, I was not convinced that the Yankees would perform at all uh, worthy of a pl- making the playoffs. Okay, that that was blown away by the first half of the season. Post All Star break, now things have changed. <laughs> so, I'd like to know: <clears throat> Did the Yankees go push themselves too far, too fast? Uh, did they not pace themselves? Uh, are the trades that they're making now the wrong trades? Uh, is the guy at the behind? the the scenes. Cashman, is he the one responsible for now their success and now their <laughs> as I see their the, the the failure that's happening as we speak. So I wanna know what are your thoughts on where are the Yankees going now based on how they perform this this weekend against the uh the Mariners. And and where where is this team how how do you think we're gonna be prepared for the playoffs if we make the playoffs because I can't even believe it after the first half of the season I was blown away of course by their performance but now I'm very skeptical I think most fans are skeptical what are your thoughts
1: yeah I mean it's definitely tough to to fall back to earth a little bit I think we saw some great baseball in the first half it hasn't been as good you know the pitching's been a little suspect the offense hasn't been as great up and down the board but they still have a comfortable lead and I think yeah, they'll be in the playoffs. It's just a question of are they going to make it over the hump? You know, last year we saw they lost in the wild card game, and past years they just can't make it past the Astros. And what we've seen, they haven't beaten the Astros. You know, and they're two and five against them, they've struggled against some other good teams. So it's an open question. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. Um, but, you know, I think one of the things that struck me was that they felt like they could trade away Jordan Montgomery, and Jordan Montgomery has been a really good pitcher for them. So, You know, that was part of one of the more memorable moments in spring training um, where we saw him pitch against the Blue Jays in Dunedin, and he was getting hit around then, so it was a little bit concerning, but... Um, I I, I want to you know before we keep talking about the current team, let's let's talk about what went on you know in Tampa and Dunedin. Um, we saw Oswaldo Cabrera hit a grand slam, and that's a, lot, a guy that a lot of Yankees fans want to get called up. Uh, we saw you know Nestor Cortez and Jamison Tyon pitch well. What was your favorite part of seeing the team down in Florida? Um, was it the autographs? Was it just the the fans? The you know coming out after the lockout? What was your your personal highlight?
2: Hey, my personal highlight just being able to escape the pandemic the isolation of uh, getting back to the way we lived life and and going to spring training like we did prior to the pandemic and now reliving the way things were it's, it felt like things were back to normal or getting back there and then we get to the yankee stadium and we're at Steinbrenner field we go in and we we um we're ready to go uh watch batting practice and then we find out we can't get back in if we so we we, we made an adjustment like we do like players need to do, and uh, and we went out to um, watch Aaron Judge you know, rip homers out and uh, players take the Yankee players take BP which was pretty cool, but then of course uh, the next day well the, actually let's go back to later in the day we went out to where the guys were hitting balls out, found a ball a bag of, sh- of balls that were just sitting by the uh, the the fence, um, and. We used our intuition to get some baseballs. <laughs> that was pretty cool. But just to, being there uh, off preseason is always exciting, and it's just a fun, relaxed way to to uh, to start the season. And with with, in my opinion, it's always low expectations because that's not where you know they're there just to to you know to get back together as a team and and not uh, you know look to perform and, and whatnot. But things that happen in spring training, here's an example, and I'm really kind of ticked that they traded Jordan Montgomery because the guy really did get shelled by the Blue Jays in, Dunedin, um, in the first inning, and he's just working on his fastballs. But how cool was it that uh, he gets pulled? Okay, you know, we've see, he's, uh, Boone's seen enough. Next guy comes in, but then the next inning, Jordan Montgomery's back out pitching again. Oh, guess what? Spring training. I love things like that, you know, double steals, uh, changes that you just don't expect, uh, getting autographs from players on this uh, easily, getting autographs from players, meeting players that you never uh, met before, um, some unknowns. I mean, it's just a lot of fun, and that's that's what it's all about. And even if the Yankees are currently in a, a, a questionable state, of course, uh, it's our beloved Yankees, and uh, we, you know, you cut us, we'll bleed pinstripes. So we 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 have faith, but it's it's uh, they're pushing our limits, to, uh, testing our limits of faith to, uh, once again. So I'm a little little concerned, to say the least, but certainly uh, it's great to be here back at D.C. having a chat at the uh, uh, coming full circle, um, talking about the Yankees. And of course, uh, I'm more than pleased that you have followed in my footsteps as beca- being a huge Yankee fan, because uh, when Chris went off the rails many years ago and we reeled him back in. That was a challenge but it's uh it's it's awesome to be here with you chatting about the yankees
1: yeah definitely i mean spring training was so fun especially like when the pandemic like you said the lockout would had just ended we probably planned that trip in like five days and yeah like you said there jordan montgomery was working on things we we saw guys play more than you know they have in the regular season a lot of prospects we got autographs from oswaldo cabrera everson perrera Um, Ryan Lamar David Freitas we saw Anthony Volpe we saw Willie Randolph it was just a cool confluence of old and new Yankees and yeah after that they got off to such a hot start that it was hard to believe it was the same team we had watched I think they were one and two when we were there and they, you know, they tore through the first few months. So we ended up going to another game. It was Yankees Red Sox with Chris, my brother, and the two of us went a few weeks ago at Fen- or sorry, not at Fenway, at a Yankee Stadium. So that was my Father's Day gift to you was to see Yankees Red Sox, the game where Chris Sale was nailed in the pitching hand, broke his hand. The Red Sox bullpen gave up 13 runs. And like you said, it's a full circle. It's a year of talking about the Yankees last year on Father's Day. I got you tickets as well, but it was to Fenway where we saw Garrett Cole get pounded by Boston. And this time we saw Garrett Cole absolutely shut down Boston, including probably my favorite moment of a game event to where he, you know, Raphael Devers came up and it was a question, was he going to homer off Cole? And Cole knocked him down and he knew, you know, you meant business and Devers did not get a hit off Cole. It was definitely one of the most fun Yankees Red Sox games I've been to. What was... The difference between seeing the Yankees dominate Boston this year versus seeing the Red Sox dominate the Yankees—I uh, I, would—it's safe
2: to say we had a lot more fun in this year's game. Yeah, absolutely. Leaving the stadium uh, on a much higher note, you know. I mean, I, I never have really enjoyed going to Fenway just because uh, it's an uncomfortable place for me to be as a huge Yankee fan, and having to agree with uh, other fans at the Yankees at that time didn't <laughs> look so great and and so but nonetheless I realized after being at Fenway with Alec um and going on multiple occasions to Fenway, it was really cool just to be there watching baseball, period. Regardless, you know. And so uh for that I really did uh um become a little bit more open minded and, and less uh you know uh, convinced that it, the only place to be was Yankee Stadium and uh, and with my uh, fellow brethren and 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 uh, and, uh, and nonetheless um, it was a it was an awesome time to be back at Yankee Stadium alone uh, against the Red Sox come on that was pretty cool and then on Father's Day sure and then as as, as a Father's Day gift and then finally uh, watching Garrett Cole finally perform <laughs> really perform now I know he's shaky and this year I'm not sure sure he's our ace, but is this guy let's just can I talk about this uh, is Garrett Cole uh, has he performed up to his contract? can he perform up to the contract and uh, you know will will he be our number one guy and can the other pitchers uh, that they've recruited in, uh, and traded for uh, can they perform? i i hope so um but it's it was an awesome day and uh to see them take down the uh, the red Sox was certainly um made me feel good so thanks for that gift Alec.
1: yeah i mean it's a bold move for you to come on the podcast and talk to the number one garrett cole fan about garrett cole not being good uh um, i i do have to push back because i you know, i wear the cole jersey i'm basically his biggest supporter and, you know, he's had rough moments against the Mariners, against the Twins, but I believe it's going to come down to if he pitches well in the playoffs. Like, we saw last year at a great year, and the wild Card game, he was terrible, and he was injured, but also, you know, that's where he's going to make his money, in the playoffs. So I think no matter what he does this year, it's going to be October, uh, but it was really nice seeing, especially against Devers, who owns him it was great seeing him you know we saw Joey Gallo hit a home run which is kind of crazy and <laughs> given his year we we saw a lot of just great baseball um so one other thing I wanted to ask you about about the current team um Aaron Judge obviously having a great year. I mean MVP. He's out of his mind. He has 45 home runs already. He's four home runs against uh, ahead of Roger Maris's pace. What has watching Judge been like? You know, since he's come up to now, and do, what do you think about re-signing him? You know, is it something they have to break the bank for? Are you okay walking away? Just what's your what's your Aaron Judge take um, in, in this incredible, hopefully MVP season he's having?
2: My opinion has always been. Guys like Aaron Judge come around almost once in a lifetime. I mean, this is a, this is a player that you just don't see every day. Get Cashman for the love of God and Steinbrenner. Open open up your wallet. You know, give him a check. Whatever the guy wants. I mean, g- come on. Yeah, they've got deep pockets. Pay the guy. I mean, I, I don't. It's 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 phenomenal seeing a player like him. Uh, and the guy's got to be in pinstripes to watch him to perform on another team. Uh, that would be pretty upsetting um so I, I know a lot of yankee fans feel the same way that they really love watching aaron George, judge rip balls out of the park and i think the guy's worthy of a of a huge contract um and how many other players do you see and that you've seen since you have started watching baseball or uh, can do what aaron judge has done i mean come on this guy's clutch so we need we need a guy like aaron judge to be the leader of the team and and has anybody talked about who the next captain is? Because I think it should be Aaron Judge. Make Aaron Judge the captain. Give him a huge contract. Um, okay, uh, let's let's see uh, the let's see that happen. And, you know, you've got to have leadership on the team and you've got to have a unified team. Um, I don't really want to have a conversation how the Mets are doing right now, but dang, that's I love their 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 attitude and the music, the, the for the walk ups. And I wanna see more of that with the Yankees and I wanna see Uh, the team really come together in the postseason and so um i'm i'm certainly uh optimistic that they will um once injuries are healed and uh and they re-sign gardner no wait what (laughs) uh but i'm i'm uh, i'm optimistic and i'm certainly uh hoping of course that um that uh, we can overcome the freaking astros but anyway
1: Yeah. I mean, one of my preseason bold predictions was that Gardner was going to end up back on the Yankees by midseason. I think it's less likely now, but you never know with him. But yeah, like you said, Aaron Judge, special player, having a special year. It's just they got to resign him. He should be the captain. And so the last thing I want to touch on, speaking of captains, you know, the current team is great, but there's been the Derek Jeter captain documentary I just finished airing. I know you, you have some episodes to catch up on, but Derek Jeter was a large part of you know, pre pre Derek Jeter, you were probably becoming a Yankees fan. So Jeter's career overlaps pretty heavily with your time as a Yankees fan. And watching hit the documentary and see him do press tours, like, can you just talk a minute about what Derek Jeter meant to you as a fan, and you know how cool it is to remember that, reflect on just any Derek Jeter associated thoughts? I know that's something we're probably gonna talk on on the pod, if not this episode, in coming episodes. Um, just. What's your, what's your Derek Jeter retrospective, what he meant to you?
2: All I have to say is my first suggestion to your mom when we were naming our firstborn child was, what do you think, Derek? It's a good name. What do you think? Uh, okay, mom didn't want to go with that one, but that was my initial impression of Derek Jeter. The guy, it was inspirational from the minute he got to the Yankees. And the story of how he, he was... Uh, discovered uh, and what he's gone through in his life um, it's inspirational but honestly the core four and the Yankees when I watched him come up in the, uh, from well, when we lived in the uh, Bronx and took the train from Van Cortland Park to Yankee Stadium was uh, from 95 on and, and that was awesome seeing Donnie baseball in his last year but it was awesome seeing the Yankees the young guys, Step in and perform, I mean, I remember watching John Wetland close, and when Mariano took over, I was blown away. I mean, I thought wetland was was a great closer at the time um but mariano set set the bar um it It was a phenomenal time to be a Yankee fan um and uh to know that uh the year that my son was born with the Yankees were tearing it up in ninety seven um that that dominant era really. Uh, send it home for me to, to um, a- as a as a Yankee fan to um, th- my love of the team, basically, um, and and who doesn't love to win? But I know we learn from losing, and I learn and and we learn from our failures in life. But boy, is it, it it's more fun to win. I'll be honest with you. So the first half of the season has certainly made me feel good about being a Yankee fan. But honestly, th- let's see uh, let's see this let's see some guys perform now. Let's see bring up some of the uh, guys that we saw in spring training that we know can perform and give them the opportunity and let's 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 see them shine. Um, so what do you think? Which players are gonna come up next from uh, from the minors?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it you said it, like that's the Derek Jeter's Yankees were all about winning and I think that's a lot of Yankees fans are talking right now which players should come up to give them that spark. I think Oswald Peraza is the main guy people are focused on, but Oswaldo Cabrera, who as I mentioned, hit a grand slam in the Yankees home opener spring training, uh, looked really good. Two guys who potentially could replace IKF or at least reduce his playing time. Uh Clark Schmidt, Ron Marinacio, some bullpen guys. I think they need a spark. I think yeah, like the first half you said was so fun, but the Mets are on a roll right now, which the Yankees have kind of lost and it would be great to see them get back to the point. I have confidence that they're a better team than they're playing right now, but they got to show it. They got to prove it on the field. Um, but And it's been nice to take a step back and remember the dynasty Yankees because winning is hard and they showed, they made it look so easy, but it's really not that easy. Um, Derek G are just one of the iconic baseball figures, just a fun trip down memory lane. I know how important it was to you and your time as a Yankees fan. I'm glad we got to over, you know, i grew up playing you know I wasn't really a fan until I was probably like 11 or 12 but I always knew Derek Jeter he was you know even if I wasn't a Yankees fan it's the guy that I knew was wearing his shirt like everybody knew in the tri-state area who Derek Jeter was and then to see him win in 2009 with the Yankees and to get to watch his final years together I thought that was just a cool overlap in our times as fans um so the Yankees they're Playing at Fenway this week, I think by the time you all hear this, the series will be over, um, but as I said, I'm not going to be at Fenway, so probably a better chance they're going to win uh, to to alleviate my status as a curse. Um, tonight, uh, we're going to be going to Nationals Park to see Juan Soto return at, with the Padres against the Nationals, so first time in D.C. Uh, for at the National Stadium for you. This is going to be like my eighth time this year, and I hope they can win a game because it's been kind of tough for them, but... A lot of baseball left. We got exciting playoffs up ahead. The Yankees are in a good position and maybe we'll end up at a game. I mean, you know, it's hopefully it'll be a fun October in the Bronx. So before we leave, we always ask our guests to give their confidence in the team. One to 10. We do this every episode um, so just how you're feeling I know you talked a little bit about it do you are you confident that they're going to pull through this tough stretch or do you think that this is the beginning of a downward turn just give me a, give me a number or a feeling or how, how you're feeling confidence wise one to ten.
2: Uh, one to ten uh, as of today I'll, I'll say probably about a a four it's, it's on the lower end of the spectrum but but that's not to believe, or not to say that they won't turn it around. Because I know the Yankees will turn it around, or it can, can and hopefully will. So therefore, I hope my prediction is uh, is completely wrong, and the Yankees do turn it around. Because for the love of God, come on, <laughs> we need another win. We need some wins in the postseason, and I love another championship ring. Who doesn't want number twenty eight? Come on, guys, let's do it. Let's do oh, Yankees.
1: Well, you heard it here first. Uh, Doug Whipple predicting championship number 28, going to be some wins in the postseason. I, I think I'm feeling good. You know, hopefully by the time this airs, the Yankees will have won some games at Fenway and they'll be on their way to, you know, clinching a, a playoff burst than the AL East. But anything can happen. It's a long season, Um, but always great to check in and catch up and You know, it's been a fun baseball year. I mean, spring training was awesome. Going to Yankees Red Sox was awesome. And that's always my favorite points of the year is just the times I get to go to games with you and you know, all my other friends and family. But I feel like we were there from the beginning at spring training and I feel like that, you know, we we've kind of seen this team from the ground up and it's it's been a special year so far and you know, it's been down recently, but I feel like they're gonna come back. I I have a good feeling. I know you're ready to be proven wrong. So we will see. We'll see what happens. Um, should be a fun, exciting two months of baseball. But thank you so much, Dad. It's always fun to talk. Uh, at this rate, we'll be going again in August 2023. So maybe we'll be talking about Aaron Judge's captaincy and Anthony Volpe being the starting shortstop. Who knows what the future holds? But um, it's been it's been a fun year. So thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having me on. And I'm glad you and Will are doing this show. Podcast is awesome. And I'm so I was really pleased that you guys got to go down to Somerset, watch the Somerset Patriots, uh, and meet Sparky Lyle. And I've always wanted to say to meet Sparky Lyle when when I was uh, just two seconds when I got to meet uh, John Montefusco, the Count of Montefusco, many years ago at the ER, um, and he was talking about his days with his good friends Sparky and Reggie. That is you know, another era, and boy, was life different for these players, and and now, (laughs) it's just really fun uh, to hear where they are, what they're doing, and and how, and how uh, the game has changed, I certainly am optimistic, and let's, let's, let's hope this is a a successful postseason, but it's been awesome from spring training to now to get to, uh, to ride the roller coaster again, and I can't wait till next spring, spring training.
1: Yep, me, me too. We'll be right back down there. All right, thanks, Dad, and we're going to kick it back to uh, the regular scheduled podcast to to close it out.
0: All right, Whipple, we are back. Really enjoyed your segment with uh, your dad, Doug Whipple. Doug Whipple, thank you for coming on the pod. Um, sponsor us, what? Uh, and I'm sure that uh, that will be another welcome installment of Dad Take or Bad Take for our listeners. Um only one thing left for us to do, and that's radar confidence in this team. And you do not seem him confident, if the discussion we had earlier was any indication. So, uh, what do you have for me?
1: Yeah. So last week I went down to from a, from the perfect ten to a nine and a half. Um, and I, I definitely you know want to take that down a little further. Uh, I'm gonna go down to eight and a half, but I think that you know it's really. I don't know. I maybe maybe I should stay up at nine. Maybe I should stay up at nine and a half, given the the lead that they have. There are just things that are concerning me, specifically around the offense. And it's undeniable that they've been playing pretty poorly for weeks on end now. And you know the division standings are what they are. But I'm just not as confident as you know I've been in how the team is playing. And there's. Like I said, there's a tr- troubling signs that make me think that um, you know there could be there could be less of a guarantee for something historic for this team than I might have thought a month and a half ago. But I think 8.5 might have been you know the upper limit of a lot of uh, fan confidence polls from last year, and Definitely. a 10 game lead in the division is a 10 game lead in the division. So I hope this is my lowest point, and I I think that it could be higher, but just given my internal conflict and turmoil right now, I feel obliged to go down to an eight and a half.
0: Yep. And I'm going to stay at eight and a half. I was at an eight and a half last week. I docked the Yankees a half a point for their performance in three areas. Um, And I think, look like, you know, I I made it very clear. I have no doubt that this team is going to hit. And when they do, they're going to win games again because the pitching has been consistently great. And, uh, eight and a half, as you said, is pretty high and I'm ready for it to go higher as the bats wake up again. Um, well Whipple, uh, I hope that our next podcast can be more positive than some of our recent ones, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough test. The Yankees get the Rays and the Blue Jays before we, uh, will be speaking again. And, um, you know, a lot could change this week. The Yankees could make a big statement. They could have the bats wake back up and, uh, you know, really beat up on the teams that would like to be nipping at their heels or they can give some ground, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. They go back home, uh, tomorrow, probably today, as a lot of you are listening to this, uh, to face Tampa Bay, Cole will be on the mound, um, And then they'll host Toronto for four games uh, beginning on Thursday. So big week for the Yankees. I look forward to them uh, rising to the occasion. As always, people can follow us on Twitter. We are at Yankees Files. Uh, They can keep up with everything we're writing at YankeesFiles.com. And they can, of course, uh, keep up with our podcast wherever they get their podcasts. And we encourage people to rate, review, and subscribe. Of course, that helps us out. Uh, Any parting shots from you, Whipple?
1: Yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, even though the Yankees lost today, the IKF game from yesterday was probably one of the most improbable moments of the season. And quite a week for our shortstop, uh, starting from the base running mishaps in Seattle to his Twitter rampage, blocking people left and right, his dad threatening to fight John Boy, and then the the somewhat happy ending at the end of the week um it'll be a great segment of the world series dvd but yeah in all seriousness you know we although we talk about players we like and don't like um it we're we're rooting for the same guys you know if ikf goes on a tear over the next few weeks uh that would be the best thing in the world because it would mean that our shortstop was hitting for higher than an 85 wrc plus
0: yeah the ikf game was truly wild and it's going to be great on the world series dvd anyway Whipple enjoyed it as always we'll be back same time same place next week until then let's go Yankees